So I was looking at your Instagram, David, and yeah. the, the, first, the first thing that I noticed is that it says that you are a sandwich artist. Oh, sandwich technician. A sandwich technician. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't, I don't want to take away from your professional certifications <laughs> with sandwiches. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Tell me what you mean by that. Man, I don't know if it's an English thing or if it's uh, just my dad thing, but I, yeah, sandwiches are the, uh, the go-to speciality for, for, um, for like quick food on the go. Little treats in the evening. They serve all purposes. So what's what's your like? What's your favorite go-to sandwich? What's the move here? Um, I think um, fairly simple, just good wholemeal or like granary bread, uh, some slightly salty butter, thinly sliced beef tomatoes, ham, cheese, pickle, lettuce, another big slice of bread. Wow. That's good. And you go, you go sauceless. So you're not going, you're not using any mayonnaise, no mustard. Branston pickle. I don't know. Have you tried Branston pickle? I don't think so. No. Okay. So Branston pickle is, uh, I think it's, it's definitely an English thing. It's like, uh, it's hard to describe. It's, it's almost like pickles in a brown sauce. It's like quite tangy and yeah, it gives it, it definitely ticks the sauce box, but it gives it a bit of extra like, uh, oomph as well. Cause you know, I, I, t- I also consider myself a bit of a sandwich technician. I, I love okay. meat. Yeah, my 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 wife is constantly asking me, you know, what what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna have for lunch or what are you gonna have for dinner, you know, I, she because she works so she works twelve hour shifts. She's in uh, she's a nurse in an ER, so she's gone all day. Okay, so, so she's like, you know, are you gonna be an adult and actually feed yourself today, you know, something other than <laughs> other than speculus cookie butter, and uh, and it's like, yeah, I've got a sandwich, it's no big deal, and and you know, she's she's always amazed at at how how content. I can be just having a sandwich for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's the simple things. It is. Uh, So congratulations for, you know, qualifying for the CrossFit Games. You earned your spot in, uh, you know, what was definitely a tough and, in my opinion, a very good sanctioned event. Um, But what what did you think of it? How did it it go? Other than, obviously, the positive end result. But how was the weekend for you? Um, So starting with the... um Starting with the Friday and, and the, the results, like they kind of, they probably imply how I felt throughout the weekend. Um, the run, uh, the Friday in general didn't go particularly well. Um, the run, I th- the run actually went quite well for me. I've been, like, I'm not a very good runner. I, I have been working on it. And for me, that run was quite a, it was quite a fast run for the 6K. Um, I think I was holding something like a 346 pace for the Ks and um, uh, which was quite a bit faster than when I tested it training and um, but it was a very fast field of runners as well um, which is i think was demonstrated by the fact that like matt fraser came like, i don't know six or seventh in, in in that in that event despite the fact that he's a very good runner um the evening however the, that that event like the standard i don't know if it was, i'd done i'd missed something with my recovery or if i'd uh like just overlooked hydration or just or if it was really like the nerves because i knew what was on the line at the weekend but i got to the second event and i felt just empty really drained um like going even in the warm-up area warming up like a very light aerobic effort my heart rate was through the roof my breathing rate was really high um and when i stepped out onto the floor after the 30 clean and jerks i felt like i'd already finished the workout like muscles burning really out of breath really high heart rate um and so i wasn't able to put up what i felt like as a, a full effort on that workout um friday evening obviously very disappointed at the, the like the the position i was in at friday evening and um, so it took Friday evening to like rally and 
come back on Saturday stronger. Um, I suppose by that point, maybe it was almost not necessarily like a, no pressure, but more a case of like the the the, uh, the need for what like what was necessary was made very very clear. I basically had to go like all in on every single workout and aim to win from that point forwards every single workout that I could. Um, Saturday went significantly better, and then uh, Sunday um, it was then within reach, and uh, so I just kept marching towards the goal. So it was it was basically Sunday morning that you realized that it's within like you have a shot at actually getting that spot right like it wasn't it, you didn't really have a you know a clear path to the spot until like Sunday morning's events is that is that what you're saying? Uh, in fact, it was almost it was a bit it was only. <clears throat> Sunday morning, I started to. I, I, I realized that I, I had a chance, um, but it was still quite a way off because I think Lucas was quite a few points in front of me by that point. Um, I was actually in fourth going, or four, fifth even going in, into Sunday, um, and so it was. I knew it was a possibility, but I didn't really think that it was likely to happen because of the points gap. And these guys that are above me are not exactly the kind of guys that you just like easily breeze past in a workout and hope they come in the bottom ten. Um, it was only after the first workout on the Sunday, um, when going into the warm up area, my uh, back into cool down, my coach showed me the uh, the scoreboard and and was like, "Yo, you're in second place. It's nine points between you and Lucas," and that was all I need to say. And, and it, it was very clear. Okay, now it's within reach. Yeah. So what what's the uh, is there is there like a different gear that you can go into at that point? You kind of know. All right the only thing that is stopping me from getting to the games at this point is me. Like all I have to do is beat Lucas. If I'm ahead of him, we're good to go. That's basically the the game at that point. Right. So is there, is there like a second gear that you go into, especially knowing it's a sprint event, you know, there's, there's, you know, nothing between you there, but like a couple calories on the road, on the skier, some burpees and some overhead squats. You know, what, what is that? What is that little switch that flips? Um, uh, yeah, in in short, in in short, in answer to your question, uh, yes, there is another gear. That's and that, that's what I feel like is uh, the extra gear that's sometimes necessary to go into like a particularly dark place where it's necessary to switch off like all other awareness, all awareness of anything else that may be happening before, during, or after the event. Uh, the pain that goes through your body, any sort of like distraction, any sort of any minute amount of effort or focus that could be potentially redirected towards just winning, just like emptying the tank a hundred percent, like wholly committing to that one, uh, to that, to that workout, whatever it is. Um, and I don't think it's something that you can do very often because it's quite, it's physically and, and mentally taxing to do that, to commit yourself that much to, a, to, to one like workout for that period of time and to absolutely like destroy yourself. Um, but, uh, I think, everyone has that kind of like darker side um and if you can access it and put and uh, utilize it effectively it can be a very useful tool in those situations um so yes i do i did have that gear and that was what i specific and, and i've uh, this is something that i've like i've practiced and used in the past as well and that's something that i specifically kind of like went into before the event to ensure that when I go there, like nothing else exists. Like there is no, there is no after this event, there is no tomorrow, there is, there is nothing beyond 
21 calorie ski, 15 bar facing burpees, nine of it. You, uh, you've been, you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, you've been involved in competing in CrossFit for a while now, you know, five or six years at least as, yeah. as far as I saw. Um, yeah. and you know, I, I had a similar conversation with, uh, Pete Shaw who qualified, uh, out of South America, you know, when, in one of the earlier sanctionals and he's been competing forever as well. And he had this, this point that he made about, you know, it, it's, it's this daily grind. You just kind of get after it every single day. And knowing that at some point you're going to outlast the people who you're also competing against and your time will come. So, yeah. you know, in those, in those intervening years where, you know, you didn't necessarily have the best competitive years, you weren't, you know, competing for spots at the CrossFit games. You know, what was it that was kind of driving you to keep showing up and, and, you know, you know, throwing down in the gym? I mean, those hours are not fun. Not always. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, it's you know, looking back now, um, it is it is a tricky question to answer because I do think myself like there were some times where uh, it really didn't feel like there was any, like there was much uh, point, not much, not much, not much point in continuing, but it didn't really feel like there was there was much return for the effort and the time that that I was putting in. Um, I suppose I kind of maintain the mindset of uh, like there's lots of analogies of it of like if you're in a tunnel and like digging or like you're underground digging to the light like you don't know how close you are getting to the surface until eventually you hit that last stroke and you break through. So I suppose I was just coming from that that perspective that as long as I work hard and I'm working smart like I am going to be progressing towards my goal and maybe the checkpoints of or the confirmations of progression aren't so, they're not so equally spaced out. The path isn't so linear, um, but progress is progress. And it's not like my goal ever changed and it's not like I ever decided I didn't want it. It was always uh, just how am I going to get over like the next hurdle to continue moving forwards um, and believing that the work will pay off it's just, I suppose, having the hope and the faith in yourself and the people around you that are helping you, um, that you are, you're doing what you need to do to move in the right direction. You had the you know, opportunity arise and you took advantage of it to qualify in front of a home crowd, of a packed, a packed home crowd. Packed. And, <laughs> and the, the final, the last interview you gave on the floor had hands down... <laughs> my favorite moment of the entire weekend, which was <laughs> you thanking everyone for cheering for Zach. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I like Zach. Zach's a cool guy. We get along very well. Um, we got along very well on the 6K run because we spent pretty much the entire thing next to each other. Um, but I just find it like he's right now he's the the big name in the UK or the biggest name on the, on the male you side of the, the male side of the UK. Um, a, because he's there, he's in the UK, um, uh, and B, because he's a phenomenal athlete, like he's, he's national champion, he's earned his spot in the in the UK fans' eyes. Um, but there is nothing more, like if you're a competitor, you don't, people may say like they go out there to do their best, and like, yeah, you do go out there to do their best, and some people are more focused on themselves, and they just want to go out, they want to put up a best performance, and then wherever anyone else ends up, like they're happy. But 
there are also competitors that they hate losing and they love beating people. And I find it very motivating when someone else, when you cheer for someone else, you cheer for someone else to beat me. Because essentially, like, if we're next to each other in a workout and you're shouting for Zach George, right? you want Zach George to win, you don't want me to win. But that's just like, that's what I'm here for. And there's nothing going to be more satisfying than like crossing the finish line first and shutting you up. Yeah, it's you- nothing against any of the other athletes. It's more just like owning that event and owning that spot. You kind of get to take that from like you take the expectation from people and surprise them with something they didn't expect. Exactly. That, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed that moment. Um, I enjoyed it. It's hard to say this, but I enjoyed it more than when they sang happy birthday for Matt. And that was also <laughs> a great moment. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I really love that moment. Cause you know, I, we've never met, I, I've, I don't, I've never spoken to you before, uh, before this weekend, oh. you know, watching you compete. Um, I wasn't familiar with, with your past competitive history. So for me, that was a really sort of illuminating moment into your mindset and sort of your, your attitude and how you motivate yourself. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, a lot of times people are very vanilla or it's just very difficult to to express themselves in those environments. They've either just finished working out or they had like a good performance or a poor performance and their mind is on that or they're not able to, you know, they don't get asked a good question to sort of figure out where they're at. And you're able to just cut right through it and and give everyone a peek into, you know, what your mindset was going not into just that event, but also the overall weekend. So I thought that was really, that was really cool to see. Um, you know, now oh, that the- I'm glad you liked it. It was uh, <laughs> when I watched your review of the bit of, of that. When I watched the review of Strength and Depth, and I saw that bit at the end, like how you took it was like exactly how I meant it as well. Like it was, it's playful and it's it's not like there's no like ill, uh, it's not meant in ill favor. It's not uh, like malicious, but at the same time, it's like if you cheer for him and I, I beat him, like that's fucking satisfying. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know, now that the qualification process is over, it's January, you have six months at least until, you know, the games kick off, maybe six and a half months. You know, what does the rest of this season look like? Um, so had I not qualified through strength and depth or had I not qualified by this point, um, I'd now be looking at uh, other sanctions to do to, to, to get a qualification spot. Um, now that I have qualified, I've got the benefit of basically sinking my teeth into like a nice chunky off season and spending some time building, um, especially targeting like weak areas that we've identified at, at strength in depth at Dubai, maybe even in the open as well. Um, and only having to like resurface for maybe a sanctional in like three to four months, just to like test competition readiness, uh, and see if like, just check up on some things that we worked on. Um, or I can, I can stay like fairly, like close to home and just and just train and just have like a nice not necessarily peaceful but like a nice like consistent routine where it's just building 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 um i think for a lot of athletes especially new athletes they feel the need to compete fairly regularly to test themselves and check that they're improving um i think as time goes on and you get more experience and you know yourself better and you trust what you're doing more and you value those periods of time when you don't have to compete more because you understand that like that day in, day out, sometimes monotonous, sometimes boring work 
really lays the foundation for the competition peaking that's necessary later on. And the longer and the bigger that foundation can be, like potentially the higher your peak can be for competition. So very happy to have six months to, to dedicate to that. What are your uh, what are your expectations going into the games? Oh man, I have none whatsoever. I think uh, I've never been to the games as an individual. The competition changes every year. Um, the, the the athletes that are there are fairly consistent, but then you have, to have some new names that pop up and do some damage. People that you weren't expecting, events that you weren't expecting. I suppose. Um, the only thing that I can count on, the only thing that I could specifically target as like being a definite thing that I can achieve is that I just have 100% full effort in every single workout that I can do. Um, apart from that, do my best to prepare and uh, whatever the results are on the day, then the results are. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think I think this has been, for me, really, really, uh, you know, a good, a good chance to get to know you a little bit better. Also, the fact that you're familiar with the traps of Speculus makes me feel a little bit better about myself. When I, when I pulled out that jar last night, I literally opened it the night before. It took me 12 hours to eat that entire oh. jar. And that's... Oh. That's slow, I think. That's slow. So. <laughs> that's that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely that moment where you're sitting there. You know, uh, I don't know why they make a suggestion to spread it on anything or put it on nothing. It's just the spoon in the jar, and then you blink, and suddenly it's empty, and that's you have. What, <laughs> that's, that's what's so bad about it. Like it doesn't need a vehicle. So many things like you get. Most spreads, right? You need a vehicle, you need some bread or something. Maybe it like dampens the damage. But speculus is just you need you need a spoon. Sometimes you don't even need a spoon. No, it's, just it's get after it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope your off season has the correct amount, but not too much speculus because it, it right. could be it could be damaging. It could be damaging could to be your damaging. fitness. <laughs> could also be enhancing. We'll see. That's true. That's true. I mean, that that could be that could be the case. Um, the last question I have here is is you know your your past competitive history if i understand it is crew right say that again crew so, oh crew, uh so rowing rowing right yeah, yeah um for for a short period of time i think I, I rode for like uh i rode for about a year and a half before i went to uni and i rode for two years at uni the bulk of my competitive of my like sporting background is actually basketball i played basketball for seven years oh there you go okay i didn't know that i knew that you were one of the larger athletes i knew that you know you're um, you're probably physically comparable in terms of size to probably like a Fakowski who's, you know, six, two, two fifteen ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I am, uh, yeah, I'm exactly six two. Um, I think at the moment I'm sitting at around 99, hundred kilos. So that's like maybe two, two twenty. Yeah. That sounds all right. Like yep. Um, yeah, I think fairly similar to like Fakowski, fairly similar to, um, Spencer Hendel as well. Um, that kind of like height and frame, which um, yeah, I suppose I suppose it, it could spell like uh, it could it could potentially spell like like success or like because those guys have done very well at the games. But then you know, there's a lot of guys that are not their size that have also done pretty well as well. And there's a lot of tall guys that that never make it through the initial stages because it's not most often favorable the qualification stages to like to the larger athlete compared to the events at the games. Yeah, I mean, you know, if something with a hundred like if a if mary shows up again you're kind of at a disadvantage because you're you're moving a foot and a half longer than everybody else is but if it's an odd object if you're if you're running a buoy across 
across a field, it probably works in your favor. So there, it, there's a there's trade offs, right? There's trade offs. Exactly. Um, at least historically speaking, you know, the games have more favored sort of that, that outdoor rugged athlete as opposed to, um, you know, the, the more in the gym style CrossFit guy. Uh, but you know, you never know each year, like you said, it's different each year. So you can't really predict or guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the exciting thing about it, right? If it was the same every year, it wouldn't be half as entertaining. It wouldn't be half as challenging to train for. Absolutely. Well, David, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, it's been really good talking to you. I, I hope that you have a really good off season. Uh, is there somewhere that people like, you know, is your Instagram where people should follow you to kind of keep track of what's going on here or, or what? Oh man. Um, get to plug myself. Yeah. At Sharonke, which is it's just my, it's just my surname, S H O R U N K E at Sharonke Instagram. And I will, uh, I'll, I'll put up, um, I'll make more of a concerted effort because I'm terrible at social media to like what, what I'm getting up to in the off season. Yeah. And thanks for having me, man. It's been really Dude, fun, Jane. Of course, it's been it's been my pleasure, and and uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season has for you. Cool. Thanks a lot, man. Well, take care.